Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hard shit. I'm Jiminika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we will be talking about sexual education. We will discuss how we deal with stressors that come up around our work, societal, personal traumas, and growth. What we've learned and how we have to navigate through our daily lives. And like always, the focus will be on our journey to healing and finding support. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices ever being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, this is a quick content warning to let you know that we may be discussing some pretty hard things, or we may even bring up some pretty intense emotions. If this is affecting you, take a breath, take a walk, skip an episode, It's okay. Do whatever you need to do for you. We will be here whenever you're ready to come back. Support for this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, BetterHelp, and people just like you. If you'd like to contribute to supporting this work, you can do so by clicking the link in the podcast description. You can donate as little as 99 cents per month to keep us going strong. Every penny you send goes right back into making this resource accessible to the people who need it most. And if you want to show off your love for the show, check out our merch on www.traumaqueen.love. That's www.traumaqueen.love. Welcome to Trauma Queen Season 4. This is the singing episode. Is everyone ready? It's like the musical episode of Grey's Anatomy. I did not like that episode. Well, that's I think what this would be like, you know. Um, we're all we're all going to sit through it because we respect the people who had to do the singing. No. But that's not really what they we're here for. They also did that on Living Single and I was like, "What? Yeah. I don't remember that." It's it's a time. It's a time. Wow. Welcome y'all. Welcome to the first episode of season 4, um where it's a uh, magical fan fanager Dan and I um and we're gonna tell you about you know some things so uh be quiet and listen (laughs) get ready i've been talking a lot today so this is you get loopy me for episode one you're welcome yeah we're all very lucky yeah so what are we doing what is season four about well season four we decided is about sex ed it's true it's Mm -hmm. true why did we decide that that's a fucking great question (laughs) i do not remember why um you know we just felt it was time that's why you know we've been talking about some harder things but also like we always talk about hard things because that is the goal of this show to normalize the hard conversations Mm -hmm. well also we met because of sex ed so i think it was a reason to talk about ourselves when do we always when do we really need a reason we'll just create one that's true hence you're listening to this now you're welcome so let's talk about our origin story like x-men and stuff okay great well um i'll start before jiminika shows up um literally before because, I showed up. yeah because that was how it started is so we both were taking I don't know. Is it called a class or what? It was a training. A training. A training. We were learning to be facilitators for more than sex ed, which is a an organization that does comprehensive sex ed for K through twelve. Dope. So we both wanted to be facilitators. I got there on time. I first of all, whoa, 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 whoa! First the hell of all, 
Um, if anyone knows me, time, we're not saying stresses me out anymore because I just got back from the silence retreat. Time motivates me. Mm-hmm. So mama was on time, but my directions put me in a whole nother city. <laughs> and that is the reason I was not on time. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say for the record, Jamanika is on time to everything. <laughs> like we pretty much show up at exactly the same time to every single thing. And it's always like two minutes early and we're like, hello. <laughs> or it's like 20 minutes early and then we sit in the car. <laughs> That's but fair. anyway, so I was in this I was in this facilitation toward the beginning and I sat down, I found my little seat and I'm very particular about where I sit. So I was like <laughs> in the corner, in the back, but to the side, but I can see everything, had my perfect little seat and the then the person next to me said <laughs> and I said, "And we're moving." So I scooted a seat apart I was like no I'm not sitting next to somebody who coughs all day absolutely not that's not happening and then cue me <laughs> I'm here so I walked in and I'm like oh I'm so sorry I'm late and they were like it's fine we had technical difficulties and I was like great um, and I look around the room and I was like mm, there's no seats and I was like oh there's a few seats but this person looks interesting so I went and sat my little happy assets down next to Dan and uh, we started talking, and then we didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, when Jiminyka says started talking, she means in the middle of class, like <laughs> while they were teaching. We, we we whispered and wrote notes. We were like, yeah, first of all, when you say this person looked interesting, what Jiminyka meant is that person looks queer. Like... <laughs> We were like, oh, thank no, God. No, I just thought you were cute. Oh, oh, I didn't, I've never told you. you. I just thought you were super cute. And I was oh like, God. oh, my God, they're cute. I'll yes. sit next to them. I had to do a quick scan. Mm-hmm. I had to do a quick scan. I was like, seat open. They're cute. I'm going to sit down. There we go. And then we immediately started talking shit. Not talking shit about anyone <laughs> wow. or anything. Just being like. Wow. this We're supposed to be a nice podcast. <laughs> I mean. We need a whole nother podcast. We do. We need one for shit talking and one for educating. Telling truth. Yeah. Truth talking. I mean, we were just we were just like the whole time basically we kept getting in trouble we were basically known as the troublemakers we were like six again and then i have no idea how we stayed friends after that um at the end i was like here's my number i was like where's your book and i wrote my number and then you were like you told me you went and told people you made a new best friend that makes sense. Um, and then we, we made time and went. I found the vegan restaurant near me because of you. And Thank I was like, you. let's go eat and hang out. And then that was it. And then we would just been friends since. And then Dan was like, I believe in you. And I was like, well, you just met me. You're like, oh, my God, it's so fine. I know we just met two days ago. Do you want to do this speaking engagement? <laughs> I was like, what? No, I don't know how to speak. You're like, I believe in you. Uh-huh. And that is how we are here. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, yeah. I was putting that panel together. And I was like, uh, Jim and Nico would be great on this panel. And you were like, I've never spoken before. And I was like, <laughs> you talked all during class. You're going to be fine. <laughs> Sit down. That panel was so fun because you and Stevie had both never spoken before. So I would be like, so what is your experience with this? And you would be like, I don't know. And I'd be like, well, once you told me that you went through this and you'd be like, oh, yeah. And then you- I, I killed that panel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spoke it up. Spoke it up and spoke it down. Yeah, it and was so really fun. That's how we got here. And that is the sex ed in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's so many different views that people think sex ed looks like. And so I wanted to find different people this season 
with different areas in sex ed, different bodies, different genders, different races, um, to kind of just talk about like what their perspective looks like. Because when I say the word sex ed, this is why I don't put it on my dating profile because people are like, ooh, what can you teach me? And I'm like, I just imagine it's a creepy voice. Yeah, you're right, though. And then I'm like, I can teach you about consent and boundaries because you clearly don't have those. Mm -hmm. And then they unmatch me. Oh, why would somebody unmatch over consent? Because they don't want to know about it. Well, good riddance. Good riddance. I mean, that was my favorite part about doing stuff with more than sex ed is I felt like I was learning stuff in there. Constantly. Yeah, constantly. Because also when I had original sex ed in junior high. (laughs) The original version. The original. Because I'm from South Carolina. So what I learned was if you have sex, you will get syphilis and you will die. It's like Mean Girls. Yes, exactly. And then the other version of it I heard was because I was Mormon. So I was in like Mormon youth school or whatever the fuck it's called. What an experience. I know. And that's where (laughs) our... um, the leader of the Maya Maids. Maya Maids is... Um, what? <laughs> yeah. A Maya Maid? Maya Maids are people who are my age. So I don't know if it's like 13 to 16 or whatever the exact age is. <sighs> I'm learning right now. But we have like, you know, Sunday school. You know how pretty much every church, it's like you have the whole church gets together mm-hmm. and then the kids go to Sunday school. The parents go to... Bothered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parents go to whatever. We don't have to be around our kids time. I don't know what that's called for them. <laughs> regular church. Yeah. <laughs> regular church. And so... Our version of like Sunday school is where the my maids, people older than us are laurels, et cetera, et cetera. So many names. I know. So the my maids, one of our teachers took an Oreo. I'm sorry. Broke it in half, licked the icing, put it back together and handed it and was like, pass it around and was like, does anyone want this Oreo? And we were all like, ew. Oh, I see where this is going. This we is We were stupid. like, no, thank you. <laughs> and then it came back to the front and we were like, I mean, what's going to happen with the rest of the Oreos? <laughs> like, do we get to eat cookies later? What is the point Let's of this? Let's fast forward this conversation. And she was like, this is what it's like if you have sex before you get married. <laughs> you're an Oreo. You're a, you're a pre-licked Oreo. <laughs> and I was like. She's absolutely right. I mean, I don't know. Getting brainwashed is really easy when you're young. So I was like, so yeah, I do not up. want somebody to think you're a pre-licked Oreo. Bit my temple or whatever. Like, yeah. So that's my entire experience with sex ed, basically. Um, I don't remember. I remember talking about sex ed in like the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they separated us by gender because apparently we can't learn together. Um, and then they showed a video. It was like an old school. It reminded me of like old porn flicks from like the 60s oh my god and i was like oh this is this is authentic what is this and i don't remember any of the words like i don't i remember like photos and i was like well this is dumb um so i don't think i learned anything and Mm. then i took another sex ed class that i remember in college and i was like this is my favorite class what the fuck why is this an elective we should be forced to take this they had sex ed in college yeah i never even considered that because clearly i was I was fornicating <laughs> quite quite an abundance. And I, I was did like, not start fornicating until like halfway through college. No, I showed up. Well, it's college was a, we should have the trauma of college. I know, seriously. Oh God, that was traumatic as fuck. Yeah. Um, but that's that is when I started to really want to explore more and find out more information. Um, and I figured out like my own autonomy kind of early and was like, oh, okay, I get this. I like this. Um, still had to figure out the verbiage and like mm-hmm. my consent and boundaries. But I was like, oh no, I like sex. We have conversations. I say yes. This is working. Right. But that also meant everyone just thought I was a slut. And I was like, mm, well, 
You know what I'm doing? Enjoying myself. You know what you're doing? Being bitter, bitch. Yeah. I feel like I didn't have a positive experience of sex ed really until I was in my late 20s. Like the other day. Yeah, like the other day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't exist. I know. Like, I didn't grow up watching Dr. Ruth. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about Dr. Ruth. No. I, the first time I saw Dr. Ruth, I saw it was in my early mid-20s. Mm. And then I saw her live a few years ago and it, it was interesting that is interesting it, she's like 112 now she's, or she's older than us yes so i mean that means like her education you know may not have uh, has evolved as much as some of the newer sex educators right so it was it's interesting to see but it's definitely like i appreciate the work that she did to allow us to do this i mean i'm saying i'm happy there was anyone talking about sex at all when because that was like started in like the 90s or something or maybe even before that that's when i remember i remember finding love line yeah love line mm -hmm. but when it was the mtv version mm -hmm. and it was dr drew and adam carolla and i'd be like what is this mm -hmm. then it'd be followed by like singled out and i was like this seems like the opposite but here we are <laughs> like <laughs> that's so true i never even thought about that yeah mtv i didn't have cable until my mom married my dad when i was like 14 13 14 mm -hmm. so then i we had like MTV and H HBO, and that's where I discovered real sex. Oh yes, real mm -hmm. sex, taxicab confessions. I yep, want. That's how I saw a dildo for the first time. I want taxicab confessions to come back. Seriously, <sighs> it would have to be like Uber confessions or or something. Yeah, because taxis are expensive. I don't yeah. even know how people were doing that, but there was so much television, but it wasn't like. I mean, sex ed can be anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to have all these degrees and certificates. I don't believe so. Um, I've chosen to go back to school just to be able to have more different type of information for supporting my clients. But do I think I need a piece of paper and a bunch of debt? Not necessarily. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. um, but sex ed can be found everywhere. That's what I was going to ask is where do you feel like you first learned about sex ed outside of a classroom? A book. Mm. So my family is we have known uh known secrets like my family is a secret keeper kind of family do you did you know families like oh that? known secret so it's a secret but everybody knows about it kind of mm -hmm. yeah 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 but no one talks about it and uh -huh. then there's just an abundance of secrets and because i was an only child um and i'm predominantly pretty quiet but hella nosy um i found out the things like i know things still that we don't talk about Right. I'm like, so everybody knows this, but never going to talk about it? For sure. Okay. Does every single person know, or are there are a couple of family members that don't know? Um, Predominantly the kids. Got it. Yeah, Got yeah. it. But again, I'm the oldest grandchild, so I was like, mm, these numbers ain't matching up. Right. Somebody in this bitch is lying. <laughs> but but in that, in that retrospect, because I was raised by my grandparents, they were older. So they'd been through all the things, and I was a big reader. I learned how to read at like four. Mm -hmm. like super just in books and so i'd be like can you just buy me this book so she would buy me books about sex mm. um do you remember delia's mm -mm. and alloy no okay so those were like the 90s forever 21s oh yeah yes 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 those catalogs i would go through and highlight oh my gosh yes i do remember mm -hmm. those and they there was a book that i one of them i don't know who put it out one of them put it out and it's this bright pink book and it got me through, even with real sex and everything, like it was a really 
freaking good book. Even I remember when I met my best friend, one of my best friends in the 10th grade, we'd be reading like, this is amazing. You're telling me Delius, the catalog with the hats that had sunflowers on them, released a sex ed book. I don't know if it was, it looked like them. I don't know if it was Delia's or Aloy, but I do have it written down somewhere. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a dope book. It kind of reminds me of the way that Girl Sex 101 looks. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so it, it was very like informational, informational, colorful, cool. um, met me where I was now. Was it intersectional? And did it talk about all types of bodies? No. Um, but that's coming. It's but coming. it gave you something. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like I had jack shit. <laughs> so you're just out here in the dark. huh? I really was. I remember when I was in fourth grade, my mom sat down with me and was like, do you know how babies are made? And I was like, yes, thank you. I don't need to have this conversation. Appreciate it. I already learned. They taught us in school. Thank you. And that was like it. And they had not taught us in school. <laughs> but I did hear people kind of talk about sex in my so-called life. So I was like, I know. Uh, I'm good. What a show. I know. When did you kind of think, like, when did you start to realize sex ed was important? Like I said, it feels pretty recent. It feels like in my 20s because I know in I can look back now on my college experience, which is when I started to have sex and realize that that a lot of that wasn't right or wasn't cool or I was ashamed of a lot of things or I was uncomfortable or I was just so shame was so shame and guilt were so heavy in yeah. my thoughts and opinions about sex that like I don't know if I had a single good sex experience in college just because of that we're recording this season during the month of April which is also sexual assault awareness month I wanted to do something special for survivors this year and upon speaking with Candace one of the co-creators of the kink kit I was really moved by the way that they allow people to connect with different levels of their sexuality I curated every single thing in this kit we really wanted to create a healing experience, and I couldn't have asked for a better partnership. This box was created to support survivors and their partners to find other ways to connect. This box will allow you and your partner to develop mindfulness connection around your sexual partnership, creating pleasure-positive rituals and loving communication strategies, all while having fun. There's a lot of shame around survivors having pleasure. Let's change that narrative today. You can get details on the kit, the games included, and the techniques you'll pick up, and more by visiting thekinkkit.com backslash queen. That's T-H-E-K-I-N-K-K-I-T dot C-O-M backslash Q-U-E-E-N. And then they don't teach you about the queer sex. They don't teach you about queer sex. Like, what if I got the same parts as my partner? Well, then what? Do then we just what? rub them? Yeah. Are we just going to rub it down? Exactly. And that's the thing is everybody was more experienced than me, too. So I didn't know what I was doing. And mm. then I felt really ashamed for having to learn. And so all of that was really complicated. And I really started to, um, I mean, I feel like with my most recent girlfriend who we've been together for about a year and a half is the first time I've tr felt truly comfortable with sex and also consent is such a big part of our sexual relationship like we're all we've been together for a year and a half know everything that each other likes etc cetera, etc cetera, and still will be like can I take off your shirt you know mm -hmm. and that's become I didn't realize how important consent was to me, but it makes everything sexier and way more comfortable for mm -hmm. me. And I didn't even know the intricacies of consent and boundaries until literally like maybe five years ago or something. Yeah. 
When did uh, I think I started to realize how important sex ed was working in different mental health fields? That makes or not sense. mental health fields, different facilities mm-hmm. and whatnot, because there was so much that people just didn't know. Yeah, and like within the the trauma aspect of it, it was like, oh, I didn't know this wasn't supposed to happen to me. I thought like because so and so, or I saw it, or this is the way I was supposed to act out. And you're like, what? Yeah. Did you find yourself teaching things that you didn't even necessarily learn? Kind of. I think because I had my little powerful pink book and Mm -hmm. I was like, I know some stuff. But also realizing like just because I know these little things doesn't mean I know all the things. I think Mm -hmm. I I understood that kind of early on. But also I'm like, "Mm," people, I also learned early on that people trust me. Yeah. And to have these conversations um, and so it was like a privilege for people to be like, well, so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds weird. I don't know. Um, I still think I definitely had a lot of shame. And mm-hmm. I think I'm still, even working in this field, I think there's still aspects of like shame in um, the certain, like the pleasures they may like. Like mama likes to get punched a little bit in the butt, not my face. Mm-hmm. But some people like that. People are like, what? Like I had a conversation with my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Cheryl likes to. You s- had a conversation with Cheryl her likes about to getting ask punched in quite, the butt? Well, she she okay. was like, do you? Oh, hold on. I don't want to ask this, but I do. Girl, ask the question. She's like, do you like to get beat? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I laughed so hard. And I was like, I mean, I don't like to get beat. Per se. I'm not trying to get beat down, but I like to get punched in the butt. Punched? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I wouldn't like that. And I was like, guess what? You don't have to. I know. With your 77-year-old self. Girl, you don't do have to do anything you don't want to do. <laughs> she was Seriously? like, mm, so what else do you like? I was like, this is getting cute. Uh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Oh my god. The but fact I that still she's even am asking. working. I know she's a mess. Uh, I love her so much. But I'm still figuring out like what that looks like for me, and still figuring out how to be comfortable asking for all the things. Yeah. It's I a know. process. I yeah. It's been really interesting. I love getting slapped, and and my girlfriend is like so on board, so excited about it. But we'll also forget. Like we'll just like forget, and I'll be like, um, you could slap me, and she's like, oh yeah. You hadn't gotten that was on the table. You hadn't gotten a slap in a long time, have you? And I'm like, yeah. Like, it's you forget about it because it's not what you want, and also there's still a part of you that's like, that's like kinky or weird or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that's in the back of your mind that makes you think that you're weird because every single person on earth doesn't want the same things as you, but. Turns out that's actually normal. I mean, there's a lot of things we don't even all drink our coffee the same way. I don't drink coffee. See. Coffee See? makes me sleepy. See? Dan loves coffee. I love coffee. I've Just... had two coffees today. Really? Yes. Good Lord. How are you not half asleep? Because everybody's different. Touche. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. This is a lesson learned. This is a teaching podcast, everyone. This is this is it. When did you first like start identifying yourself as a sex educator? <laughs> the other day. <laughs> no, I mean, it was really, really hard. Like it, it, oh my God, like when people just show up and they're like, I'm a sex educator. And I was like, how do you just walk in the door and just put your foot down? Mm-hmm. Also, how dare you? <laughs> like, I have a lot of feelings around that. Yeah. Um, it took me a really long time to be able to like claim it. But also it was like, once other people that have been doing it for for a long time were like, oh my God, you're a sex educator. I'm pretty sure like I was at a conference. Was it a conference? It was the She Expo, and Allison Moon mm-hmm. was like, this is Jiminika, a sex educator. And I, in my mind, I was like, what the fuck? I'm a sex educator. Allison Moon called me a sex educator. Oh, my God. And I was like, mm-hmm. 
And I was like, that was hard. And she was like, you're an educator. Mm-hmm. You do things that matter. Like she like read me down in such a sweet way. And I was just like, okay, well, here I am. I remember that. I f- feel like that was around the time I started managing you. And I remember- You don't you, even really remember. We don't know when don't anybody lie. started managing anybody. <laughs> um, but I remember you talking to me about a conversation and being like, okay, I think that I might be an expert. And I was like- Oh no, I'm still scared of that word. Yeah. You keep trying to make me be an expert. Oh I'm yeah. Like, expert. Somebody <sighs> talked to you and was like, you are an expert. Yeah. You are a trauma specialist. Like you've been working in mental health for a decade and- Throughout that entire decade, you have specialized in trauma and survivors. She's literally cringing. (laughs) You are a trauma specialist. You are an expert. You are. And and you were like, I'm going to accept that. And that was probably two years ago. And look (laughs) at us right now. You're still having a hard time. I mean, it's a struggle. Um, But I do know I know things. Yeah. And I can say that. But being called a sex educator now i'm like oh yeah no i've been i didn't i think i've done my work Mm -hmm. and i continue to do the work so i think that is what makes me a sex educator Mm -hmm. like it's not because i showed up and taught a class i don't i think anyone can just read a book and like regurgitate things (laughs) but it's the way that i approach it it's the honesty and the care that i have and also just like meeting people where they are and like i literally will sit down i don't stand up and teach right um it feels so awkward talking down people i even in colleges i'll be like okay we're gonna sit i'm gonna sit on the stage right they're like well i'm sitting you're sitting i'm sitting i'll come over there um but yeah no i i do think i'm an educator now in many different aspects and my focus is trauma Mm -hmm. because trauma is my jam um and i also know that that's a gift and a blessing and uh that people allow me to do that yeah and when do you feel like Or I guess, how do you feel like teaching has also led to healing for you? Um, It reminds me that everyone's journey looks different. Mm -hmm. And then like, I personally, I mean, adults are Um, (laughs) cool-ish. Hey, adults. But I really love to work with younger people because I, I, as cheesy as it sounds, I feel like they are the change that we need. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I feel like adults now are fucking all over the place and need to be straightened out like ruler snap right um but like through seeing how they operate and seeing like their journey like that helps me heal to be reminded like this shit was hard mm-hmm. and a lot of us didn't have this and also like I've, I've had a shitty week <laughs> oh what a journey and like even just having the conversations about other people's journeys and like what it looked like I feel so much better right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happens when we turn this off, but like having these conversations, it's it's kind of beautiful. It's like seeing a garden bloom. Right. And I'm like, oh, look at this fresh air, this oxygen, this essence. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's going to continue and it affects other people. So I think for me, the healing is being like, oh, we're going to get better. Right. Like it's changing. It's evolving. Let me get some fresh air um, because it's so needed. That reminder is so needed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You oh, do I know. I do. I know things. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Imposter syndrome is always waiting around the corner. I know. It's like, you know, like some people have like the angel and devil on their shoulders. <sighs> Mine's like angel, devil, and on my forehead, yeah. like aligned up my... <laughs> My third eye, like right above it, that's imposter syndrome. Just like waiting to be mm-hmm. like this with their hands up, like, I'm ready to fuck it up. I'm same though, same. I'm constantly like, am I a bad manager? But y'all always remind me that I'm pretty good at it. 
No. But it's just, it's so, I I mean, we are recording this last secretly. Um, <laughs> y'all don't need to know anything. But when Melissa said imposter syndrome is rooted in white supremacy and don't believe the lies, I was like, <laughs> that's the quote of the season. Like, that's, don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies. Like, it's literally lies and it's literally rooted in, like, I have seen, I mean, I at this point know so many sex educators that are not white, but the entire industry is so saturated with like white women mostly. And the people who are the most nervous about it and are the most likely to be like, am I, should I go make sure I get a master's in something so people don't question me? It's always queer black women, always. And I'm like, you are so much smarter. <laughs> like... No offense, but <laughs> but the reality of it is, is listen to season three of Trauma Queen where we talk about the trauma in black femmes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Listen to season three. Exactly. We talk about that. And I was just like listening to Melissa say that. I was like, that's exactly it. Because it is lies. It's lies. Like you literally have the same education or like personal education that you've done yourself or experience or work or whatever background and somebody who has way less experience and way less background than you but is a white woman will be like, well, my prices are $275. I'm like, uh, you know money, money. I know, exactly. And it's like, and that's a part of why I love doing this job because I get to step in and be like the white name that's like, um, her prices are. <laughs> but it's still like so frustrating to... To watch like you or Melissa or Evian or whoever be like, it's but you know, there's always imposter syndrome. Like I still feel like I shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, what? The lives that you've changed, the emails that you've gotten, the people who have learned so much and walked away like literally better people because of you and something you said. And y'all will st still sit there and be like, I don't, I don't know. And that's why uh, we created this season. I think exactly. this season is really dope in the sense of I, I know a lot of people are like, I want to be a sex educator. Tell me all the things. One, I can't tell you all the things. Right, right. It's going to look different for everyone. And like coming into this industry, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to talk about sex because it's ever evolving. It's never boring. And I was like, how do I do it? And I feel like even all the conferences, like if you don't know about them, you don't know about them. There's like a list. I, I think I've sent you like the Google Doc yeah. of all the conferences and people are like, what? Uh -huh. There's like hundreds of different types of conferences and I'm still finding new ones. Um, and without like going out and like doing that footwork, mm -hmm. like you won't know. And it doesn't, sex ed isn't just talking about vaginas. Right. And being like, Let, what's the difference between a vagina and a vulva? Because mm -hmm. there is. That's There's your gift for the day. Um like it's so much more than that and it's not the easiest field um by any means because people discount our work yeah people definitely. don't want to pay us for our work mm -hmm. but they want the information and so... and people which i get but people feel very entitled to the information which to be honest i get yeah i get it we are pretty entitled to knowing about our own bodies you should be but unfortunately, the government, the education system, parenting, et cetera, is not set up to teach us everything. So we have to like go out on our own and figure it out and find people who have gone up against the government, the education system, et cetera, to learn it, to like go out of their way to learn it. And we have to get it from those people. So it's like if they've done all that work, mm -hmm. why? what is it in us that doesn't want to pay them? 
Like, I mean, ask yourselves. <laughs> exactly. Don't ask, don't ask me. Ask yourselves. Like, you pay your therapist. You pay, when you go to the doctors, if you have a copay, you pay that. Mm-hmm. So why do you think, oh, this is going left. I'm getting mad again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why do you think sliding in people's DMs and demanding all of this labor? Because it is a lot of labor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm still in school. Like, you know, you want to you wanna support me? I love it. Please repost. Do all the things. You can also drop me a dollar. Mm-hmm. I take dollars well, because the, student loans are real. Yeah, seriously. And people don't understand that even, even the initial slide into the DMs is already work. Like already, you know, deciding whether or not like you have the time or you have like having to read someone's entire story or whatever. Like you're already doing work, just opening yourself up to being able to receive those messages. Mm -hmm. And I think people just think like, oh, well, I'll just send the message and then maybe if I need to support you in some way, I will. But it's like, no, the support has to come first. Yeah. And I will admit when I first started, I definitely like slid into people's DMs, but it was like. Not like, hey, can you just give me all your knowledge? I was like, hey, like I found your work. Um, is there any way that you, I was like, do you have any classes or courses? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like sessions where I can book time to talk to you? Like I'm just trying to figure it, figure that out. That's different than, hey, so I've been in school for so-and-so. Your work is so great. Here's all my traumas. And you're like, whoa, 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 Yeah, whoa, seriously. Whoa. Or like And there are all ways the stuff. to do it too. Like I know we spoke at a college and after that event, someone was like, hi, I've been working in this for a while and I'm looking for resources about this. I'd love to ask you a few questions about your journey to getting this like getting in this job or this position that you're in like um here's my information let me know and even that it's like you that gives you the opportunity to say like yes I'd like to sit down with you and like help a woman of color who wants to be a sex educator because it's hard and I get it and we can sit down and have like food and talk about it but it puts it in your you get to decide mm-hmm. like they have they're coming to you understanding that you would be doing work and understanding that that work is valuable and understanding that it would be valuable to them so they're giving you the option they're not just saying like um you have to help me or else also here's my trauma so if you could process that for me by the Those end of the, the day that would be great emails. I know. People are like, oh my God, I love all your work. So this one time when I was five and I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. you candy coated this email. Yeah. And like, also remember like, Sex educators are just normal people too. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we we know information and we do all the work, but we, you know, live and breathe and piss just like you. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be a lot. Um, so just be gentle with us. Uh-huh. Enjoy this season. Take it all in. Um, yeah, I had a thought and then I lost it. You're always having good thoughts. You know, it's gone. It floated away. It floated away. But I'm I'm excited about this season, like every season. I think everything that we put out is very educational and supportive of someone's journey. Yeah, for sure. So And this one is cool. We talked to a lot of cool people on this episode. We did. We talked about all different types of things. We talked about families. We talked about polyamory. We talk about the gatekeepers in sex ed. Mm -hmm. They do exist because they exist in every field. And also we talked about the traumas within sex ed. Like it's not all glitter and gold and shit. Like Mm -hmm. it's really hard. And sometimes you have to take a break and then come back. I mean, I went to a whole silent retreat. Mm -hmm. You did. Took a whole break. Did your body good? I'm going back. I want to go back. Mm Mm-hmm. You were back before, for two weeks before you were like, when's the next one? <laughs> My friends are trying to hang out with me too much. When's the next oh, one? Oh, <laughs> I remember what I was going to say. People love me. I love you too. Um, But we also have to remember we're trying to learn all this information and we are currently living in a time 
where the government is really against it and are trying to snatch all our rights Mm -hmm. and resources away. Mm -hmm. So understand that these sex educators are not only learning all this information, but we're also constantly in fight mode. Right. And I think people forget that. Like the government literally is against our work. Mm -hmm. Like you're pretty constantly living in a moment where at any point your career and livelihood could be taken away from you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is weird. It's like a, it's like a, a trauma state. It is. Yeah. Living in survival mode. Well, here we are, season four. I'm excited for it. Dan's excited for it. I'm very excited. Get excited for it. You're welcome. Our first resource is Dan's book. This is a book for parents of gay kids. A book for parents whose kids have just come out to them. Written in an accessible Q&A format, here finally is the go-to resource, resource for parents hoping to understand and communicate with their gay child. Filled with real-life experiences from gay kids and parents. This is a book gay kids want their parents to read. Next up, we have scarletteen.com. Scarlet Teen is an independent, grassroots, sexuality and relationships education and support organization and website. Founded in 1998, scarletteen.com is visited by around 8 million diverse people each year. It is the most popular and most widely used site specifically providing sex and relationship information and support for young people worldwide and has been sought out through most of its tenure. And the way that Dan and I met, More Than Sex Ed, where you can find that at morethansex-ed.org. It's a Los Angeles-based nonprofit education outreach program provided and supported project of community partners. Their mission is to nourish healthy sexual development throughout honest conversations. They provide a comprehensive, inclusive, and fact-based understanding of sexuality, giving the students tools to redress many negative sexual attitudes, behaviors, and consequences in our culture. And a resource I'm going to talk about every episode is our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that connects you with a personal online therapist. They have hundreds of licensed therapists you can connect with within 24 hours. Cognitive therapy has been proven to be the leading, most effective treatment for PTSD, anxiety, and childhood trauma. I always, of course, recommend first seeking an in-person therapist, especially in crisis situations. But online therapy is also a fantastic option, especially if you live in an area where you don't have access to a therapist with the black experience, the queer experience, or they're just downright too pricey. With BetterHelp, you can filter to find exactly what kind of therapist you'd like. And if it doesn't feel right with that person, you can be matched with a brand new counselor within 24 hours. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do in-app messaging, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to betterhelp.com backslash queen to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com backslash Q-U-E-E-N. Thank you so much for listening. This season has been so special to record. And of course, I have to give a shout out to all the people who made this possible. You can find us all on Instagram. Podcast artwork by Zoe Loves, Z-O-I-E-L-O-V-E-S. Produced by Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G. And me, I'm your host, Jiminika. That's J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A.